the dark legacy of Wilfred Grenfell and why we need to rename the university campus and health authority that honor him. I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 197. Thanks for your support via patreon.com and email transfer mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. Sir Wilfred Grenfell, doctor, hero, selfless philanthropist who brought much-needed medical services to communities on the northern peninsula and Labrador. Or, so the story goes, as told by Grenfell and the International Grenfell Association and others. But there is another side. Grenfell took children away from their families because he thought they needed to be rescued from being Inuit. Indigenous families on the coast of Labrador learned to hide their children when they saw Grenfell's boat coming into the harbour, often in the company of a police officer. Many Inuit children lost their community and culture because of Wilfred Grenfell. But there are those who would prefer to skip that part of the Grenfell saga. As Telegram reporter Evan Corrine found out recently, when he wrote about those other aspects of the great man. BS and scapegoating, tweeted St. Anthony Mayor Brad Johannesson. Shame on you and Evan Kareen and Saltwire.com and anyone else who shares or agrees with this crap, the mayor fumed. But in coastal communities in Labrador, there is a trauma associated with the Grenfell name whose legacy is loss of identity and community through forced removals of Inuit children. Later, we'll hear from Michelle Kenny, Deputy Minister of Health and Social Development in the government of Nunatsiavut. But first, Evan Kareen, multimedia journalist for The Telegram and Saltwire.com. Evan Kareen, great to have you on the program to talk about your recent article about Wilfred Grenfell. There hasn't been, uh, even though he's... Uh, a famous guy in Newfoundland history. Uh, there hasn't been a lot about him in the mainstream press, and I wondered how you came to do that story. Well, I, um, I've been doing a bunch of stories on the residential schools in Labrador for a few months uh, about the history of the buildings and the ones that were still standing. And I, I read a lot of different uh, papers and, and books in the course of that research. And one of those was a book by Andrea Proctor called A Long Journey, where she had it was only a relatively short chapter about Wilfred Grenfell, and uh, she she touched upon uh, she touched upon that in 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 her book about how people had a different perception of Grenfell a little bit, and it really struck me as odd because I'd read a lot about Wilfred Grenfell over the years, and I'd never heard anything like that. You know, well, and, what what idea did did you have in your head about Wilfred Grenfell? What was your image? I mean, I guess the same as as most Newfoundlanders, you know, that he was just this guy who came in and. You know, I maybe a little bit more of a nuanced view from my coverage of Labrador about his, his self-promotion and stuff like that. But that a guy that came in and tried to promote healthcare in, in Labrador and raise money and and did a lot of things. There's been a quite a positive propaganda engine for Wilfred Grenfell for 
for some time. Started by him and continued yes. to this day. What was the most uh, shocking or disturbing uh, thing that you found out about uh, the Grenfell legacy that you had not been aware of? Well, I guess it, it kind of started with when I started reading more about Grenfell, because I started reading some of his books and stuff after after reading Dr. Proctor's book. And uh, one of the things that I noticed about his writings and the writings of other people as well was there was very little Inuit voices in it um, entirely. It was mostly him, the IGA, people related to the IGA, there were never very many voices from the people of Labrador, except for the ones put out by the IGA, which were, you know, for their own purposes. And uh, so I, I started reaching out to different Inuit people I knew in Labrador and asking them about Wilfred Grenfell. And I started hearing a lot of anecdotal stories about um, him taking people's children against their will. And, and people, uh, like, for example, one of the stories that was in, in my article was about uh, people used to hide their children when they see his boat come into the harbor. You know, and that's and that's a very different view than than Wilfred Grenfell has been has been traditionally um, seen as, I guess, you know, or, or what we what we learned about mm-hmm. Wilfred Grenfell in, in school and just in popular culture. As you say, there's, uh, I think, probably a much different view of Grenfell on the on the island of Newfoundland, uh, especially the, the southern part, maybe not as much in St. Anthony as there is in in Labrador itself, where, uh, you know, um, people who didn't have any dealings with the Grenfell legacy have that uh, kind of rosy view and people more connected with the legacy have a much different view. So there's a, there's a very much a divide in, in the provincial consciousness, I guess, about Grenfell. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, uh, the feedback I received from the article was very divided as well. Um, There were a lot of people who were Mostly I found people from Labrador, the kind of the view I got from them was that it's about time someone said this, this is, this is something that needed to be said. And I've also gotten a lot of people from different parts of Newfoundland who've, who've said basically that it's all misrepresentations and lies and, and that I shouldn't be trying to tear down a historical figure. So it's, mm. it's, it's, a very, it's been a very, very polarizing um, reaction, to be honest. It's even yes. more so than I expected. Hmm. That's interesting because one of the things you raise in your article and has been raised by people on Labrador is, is what to do with the Grenfell name. Of course, uh, his name is in the Labrador Grenfell um, uh, Health uh, Authority. Uh, and I guess the most famous, one of the more famous names is uh, Grenfell Campus of Memorial in Cornerbrook. And, um, and people say, well, we uh, we need to get rid of the name. So, um, are you? Do you think that that will go smoothly, or it'll be um, the matter of some debate if we try to edit uh, uh, the Grenfell name in in uh, in these titles? I, I think it would be kind of controversial, especially Labrador Grenfell Health one. To be honest, in in its region, it would be fairly controversial because it includes the Northern Peninsula as well, and um, people in the Northern Peninsula, I've in my experience so far, my feedback had a, had a far different view of Grenfell than people in Labrador did. Um, and and even from what I understand, the naming of the health authority is mostly related to maintaining the legacy of Wilfred Grenfell and the historical connection that he created between southern Labrador and northern Newfoundland. So trying to remove that would, would probably be more controversial in, in this, and in, even in parts of the Straits and, and the northern peninsula, but I think it will be divided. Between mm. between the area, to be honest, and uh, but it is the only health authority that has someone's name in it. 
the yes. other ones are just eastern western and central you know is, is it is it necessary does it does it add anything to it that's really not for me to decide but you know now the other the other uh people uh who will be um involved in this uh, what might be a controversial matter is grenfell campus and memorial university and i see in your uh in your article that they, uh, you know, they, they're appointing some committee, but they seem to be at a very preliminary stage in considering um, what to do. So do you have a sense of where they're at? If it's, um, you know, if uh, they, they're prepared to change the name or they're going through a, uh, a process, but uh, a name change might not result. Well, like, as they said in the article, they're, they're right now going through reviewing the, all the named buildings and, and different things that Memorial University has and, and measuring their appropriateness. And they told me the Grenfell campus would be a part of that. So I, 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 it's really, it's really hard to say. I mean, like the legacy of Wilfred Grenfell is, is a big tourism draw for certain parts of this province and stuff mm. as well. Um, the West coast and the Northern Peninsula parts of it. And of course, um, in St. Anthony, there's, there's that beautiful house in St. Anthony up on the hill there looking out over St. Anthony where Grenfell, uh, spent a lot of time, uh, maybe the nicest house in, in St. Anthony. And a lot of people go there to the, to the gift shop to see uh, the Grenfell uh, Museum. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's something that, that has been brought up to me um, as, as a reaction to this article, that it was help, you know, parts of the province were already struggling economically and stuff. We don't need to be putting any kind of negative impact on, on different tourism sectors. Um, but I'm, I'm not trying to detract in any way from the legacy of Wilfred Grenfell. I've often felt that's misrepresentation of the way people have taken the article. I'm not saying that there are a lot of people out there saying, you know, he helped my grandmother, he did this and he did that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those things didn't happen. I'm just saying that that is not necessarily the view that everybody who dealt with Wilfred Grenfell had, you know, and, and the people who interacted with him had far different experiences, depending on which end of that care you were involved with. You know, it's, 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 it's just simply, to me, this is just adding to our knowledge of historical figures, not taking away anything. Mm. You know? Well, it seems it's a conversation that is that you've just, uh, we're just in the beginning stages of, there's, there's more to come on Wilfred Grenfell, it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of things that I didn't even, I didn't even put in that article for the, for the sake of space and, and length, you know, it's, uh, Grenfell is, is a controversial figure in a number of ways, and it's, there's more, there's more to be discovered in my opinion, but that's maybe something I'll do in the future. Maybe someone else. It's up to, to yes. see, I guess. Um, maybe, uh, maybe there'll be uh, more articles under your byline uh, about uh, Grenfell, if you can find the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not discounting that. And I've, I've, I've certainly thought about it. Um, e even, even going further in, into this article is something that I've, I've been considering as well too. It's just, to be frank, there's a lot of things happening in Labrador all the time, and it's hard to devote your time to a research to a research based story in in the middle of all the other things that keep happening in Labrador. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's a very it's a busy very busy area, and it keeps me really busy. It took me over a month just to take the time to to do the research and the, and the interviews and stuff just for this grand, the one that I did write. Yes, you know, um, so I'm I'm not discounting that. I, I'd like to write more about it. So well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yes. Well, Evan, thanks for that story, and uh, good to talk to you. Thanks, good to talk to you. Evan Kareen, multimedia journalist for The Telegram and Saltwire.com. One of the people interviewed in Evan Kareen's article is Michelle Kinney, 
Deputy Minister of Health and Social Development in the government of Nunatsiavut. She says views towards Grenfell, the man, and the name are much different in Inuit communities on the north coast of Labrador than the ones you come across in the history books. Okay, Michelle, nice to have you on the program and to talk about this, uh, the issue of the legacy of Wilfred Grenfell and all the things named after him still to this day. And I guess the two major entities would be the lab, would be the, um, the Labrador Grenfell Health uh, in your part of the world. And of course, in Cornerbrook, we have uh, Grenfell Campus uh, Memorial. And um, I understand uh, the offices and clinics operated by Labrador Grenfell Health, when you go in, many of them still have pictures of the man on the wall. Yes, that's true. I I'm, can't speak to all the clinics, but certainly at the Labrador Health Center here that's operated by Labrador Grenfell, there's a big plaque on the wall with the man and his legacy when you enter the building for sure. And uh, does it have any other uh, information about uh, the other parts, the, the more neg- negative parts of his, of his past, or is it all just uh, idolatry? Uh, it's all about the positive pieces that's for sure Mm. um and I I mean I guess I have mixed feelings I I know that he did a lot of good things like I I don't think that's an issue I think there are positive things in what he did um sometimes it's the way he did them I think that he overstepped a lot of boundaries and um came from that background where there were, was a real hierarchy in society um, and made decisions for people and imposed decisions on people that uh, weren't always, I feel, in their best interest. Mm-hmm. I know I've heard a lot of people say that he is the only one who operated an orphanage with no orphans, and that may be stretching it. Um, there may have been some orphans there. But a lot of the children that were there were children that he felt would be better off there. So when you say an, orf- an orphanage with no orphans, you mean that people had parents that didn't need to be at the orphanage? Yes, I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my background is in mental health and counseling. So a lot of the stories that I have encountered from people who have been very traumatized, um, I can't share the details of those stories or share information that would um, give any indication as to who they are. So I have to speak in generalities, but I do know of families where, you know, the father was deceased. Mom had several children and Dr. Grenfell felt that the children would be better off in the orphanage and the moms would be placed in a workhouse or given jobs or whatever. When, no one asked for help and families probably would have stepped in and provided, but it's what he felt was best. Mm. Or, you know, there was a couple of years ago, someone came into my office who had grown up in the St. Anthony area and said basically that his grandmother was taken to the orphanage in St. Anthony because Dr. Grenfell felt that there were too many girls in the family. Like those are things that he predetermined and changed the courses of people's lives based on his own judgments. Um, so, I, and there's all kinds of stories to that effect. Trauma kind of lives on, I guess, through the people who are still around and would have heard what happened from their parents, grandparents, 
So the people have passed, but the memories remain from that period. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have individuals, you know, who were taken to the orphanage, that were taken to the hospital in St. Anthony for many years and never returned to their parents. There's nothing to indicate that their parents weren't good people. Um, they just, it seems like, you know, doctors or nurses that were working there kind of took a liking to them and children never came back. Wow. Or at least those are the stories that have been told to me. Um, you know, we, there's still trauma in people's lives in that people don't, even though St. Anthony is part of our health authority, and that normally would be where people would go within the regional health authority, people would prefer to go to St. John's as opposed to St. Anthony because of the memories of, or the legacy that's been passed down, the stories that they've been told about, you know, family members going there and how they were treated when they went for TV for long periods of time, about the orphanage, um, all of those kinds of negative experiences that still impact people's lives today. And he changed the trajectory of many people's lives. I mean, people that would be, would have grown up in the Inuit culture and Inuit communities were raised outside uh, on the island of Newfoundland. Lots of times when there was no real reason for that to happen. And grew up not knowing who they truly were, growing up in a different uh, different culture, disconnected from their own culture. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. There's also lots of stories. And again, I mean, I'm going for the most part on what I've been told, but there are lots of stories of um, people being denied health services. Like Dr. Grenfell had a lot of control over who received service and who didn't. So people were really afraid to stand up to him um, or question things because that could impact the health services that family members received in the future. Um, you know, there's lots of people who are really afraid because of the residential school piece and their children being taken away. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of control and that control still exists to some degree or the impacts of that control still exist today in lots of ways. Like when you walk into the clinics on the North Coast in many of our communities, there's a sign on the front door to, you know, take off your shoes before you enter. I don't think that would, I mean, I know it doesn't happen at Labrador Grenfell Health in Goose Bay or many places on the island probably. It's like you were entering into someone else's space as opposed to a public space. Mm. Um, you know, we still have sometimes patients that come to Goose Bay because the nurse has called and told them they have an appointment or a procedure. They get on the hospital plane, they come to Goose Bay only to find out that the wrong person was brought out. It's not them at all. But if the nurse says you have an appointment, a lot of people are still of that mindset that the healthcare professional knows best. So they don't even question. I didn't know there was anything wrong with me mm. and I'm not, I'm not um, criticizing the nurses or the clinic. It's a legacy that has been passed down about that power and control. Now what's, what's in a name? We were having this discussion about uh, renaming Grenfell, perhaps Grenfell campus at Munn. And uh, as you pointed out, the Labrador Grenfell health is the only health 
region with a person's name in the title. It's Western Health, Central Health, Eastern Health, whatever. So there might be some people out there who'll say, oh, it's just a name. You know, there you go again, trying to take the history away from us. But what, for people on the North Coast, people in your communities, what does the, what would changing or removing the name mean uh, in the way they relate to the health system? I think that I don't really, un I understand some of the history and how that name has become attached. And I know that for people in the St. Anthony region and um, maybe even the South Coast, that name needs a lot and that connection would be a big loss for them. I think for the North Coast, um, the name has some negative connotations. Um, maybe some people don't think about it, but I don't really understand why our region is the only region where there is a name attached. Um, you know, to me, it should be Northern region or whatever, a geographical region, as opposed to attaching it to an individual. Mm. Um, and I, I think it would mean a big difference for people to see that shift or that recognition, not to take away any of the legacy of the good things that he's done, but I mean, we're, we're a region. We're not based on an individual or their legacy. Have, has Nutsiavut uh, or anyone from the government had discussions with the province or with MUN about the name? Have, have they contacted you in any consultation way? We, they haven't contacted us directly about that, but we have a committee at Labrador Grenfell Health um, that is looking at improving Indigenous relations, looking at racism, those pieces. It certainly has been discussed within that committee. And I think that some of those discussions, I think there's some recognition within um, the health authority around the name. So I think some of those discussions are starting to happen. We have had some discussions um, with Memorial University just recently. Um, we brought it up in a separate meeting around some other pieces, but we were assured that there is a committee in place that is looking at names of all of their properties, buildings, whatever, and that it would be taken into consideration as well and reviewed. So I think those, I think there is recognition and I think some of those discussions are starting to happen. So things are, are moving a bit forward. Michelle Kinney. Deputy Minister of Health and Social Development in the government of Nunatsiavut. We also reached out to Memorial University for an interview on timelines and mandate of their committee considering the names of various MUN buildings. Memorial was not able to arrange anyone for us to interview. That's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Megbaum Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emson Nokema.